0: We're going to look at some statements, uh, portions of statements that I wanted to read. Again, um, Sabbath, we, we really tried to talk about, um, anybody remember? Anybody know what that is? Jesus' favorite food. Anybody know what it is? Yeah, it's fruit. <laughs> um, and we just we're saying that metaphorically to suggest that God is looking for fruit. Come on, say amen. How many have um at least in your in your 40 day season of prayer been seeking God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. Amen. How many are seeing God begin to manifest manifest his presence more clearly in your life? Let me see you raise your hand. Come on, say amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, It's almost like, man, well, how come we weren't saying that before 40 for fruit? Because there's something about prayer. And there's something specifically about, stay here, everybody. There's something specifically and unique and significant about when you barrel down and you start crying out as a family for one thing God moves when his people come on one accord in particular and I think we're starting to see the manifestation of answers to prayer simply because everybody's got the same agenda for 40 days so you know what that agenda is? We want the Holy Ghost. Come on, say amen. <laughs> we don't want to be first. We don't want to be seen. We don't want to be in control. We want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there has to be some evidence. Come on, say amen. One of the things I said on Sabbath is, is yes, there's a difference between judging and being a fruit inspector. The Bible says in Matthew 7, by their fruit, you shall, you shall what? you shall know them. Amen. Oh, by the way, we do have a pastor friend in our midst tonight. Uh, God bless you, my brother. Uh, somebody told us you were here. Would you just stand and just tell us who you are very quickly? I'm Robert Ryan from, uh, Praise God, man. Glad to have you here tonight. It's an honor. God bless you. God bless you. Somebody told on you, man. I know you tried to slip in, but we found you. It's always a blessing. Let's give him a hand, brothers and sisters. It's always a blessing to have a preacher. And, um, man, I'm sorry. I'm just going right where I am. I, I sit at, the, at the conclusion of the service, don't go nowhere. Man, we're going to bring you up here. We're going to pray over your ministry. Um, I understand. Uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling you. I, I I get you, and we're gonna pray for this man of God and his ministry. Um, but you know, th- what is judging? Judging is when you make a determination about somebody's salvation. All right. So Akil, stand up real quick. I mean, I I mean, I can see Akil. Um, I can see him murder somebody. I can see him cheat on his wife. I can see him getting high every day. I cannot say he is going to hell. I can't say that. Because I don't know what the end will be. Come on, say amen. I can't say if Akil is uh, a faithful member and he returns a faithful tithe and he and he turn around let, let the folks see you, man. It's brand new. I mean, if he returns faithful tithe, he, I mean he, he 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 does all the right things. He keeps the law. What well, we can see, he keeps the law of God. I can neither say, man, that boy This guy is going to be saved. He's going to heaven. You know why? Because I am not in the position as a human being, you may be seated, to make the determination on somebody's destination. Be seated. Be seated. I can't do that. This is one of the reasons why at funerals I have a hard time no matter what people's theological persuasion is. You can't sit there and say so and so is up in heaven. How do you know that? I mean just because you saw them be a good person don't you don't know what they was doing in secret. God is the only one that can judge the heart, the intents of the heart and the motives. Come on say amen. Now, so understand this. Judging is determining destination. But fruit inspectors. Somebody say fruit inspectors. The Bible says by their fruits ye shall know them. Now, I can, I can make a determination on your present condition. Because the Bible says by their fruit, you will know them. Come on, say amen. And the illustration I gave is if you're telling me you have the Holy Spirit, but you're gossiping about people, Man, I can say, man, this person is not everything they're saying that they are. You cannot call yourself spirit filled and you're dogging people. You can't call yourself spirit filled and you're full of bitterness and unforgiveness. Amen? I mean, let's be real. We're talking about looking at people's present conditions. And you say, well, I mean, because I know we live in a society now. Nobody wants to, I mean, don't judge me, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I'm looking at your current situation. I'm not talking about your destination. I'm saying right now you need Jesus. And I'm honest enough to admit I need him too. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. And so, again, it's the fruit. Marna, would you do me a favor? Put put the the statement on the screen that I read on Sabbath uh, from from, from the writings of Ellen White. I want to revisit that for a moment and then I'm going to look very briefly at today's lesson on 40 40 days as we close. Um, Watch this. It says, The warning of that fig tree, right? He said, Man, oh, they took my tree. We'll get it back. I mean, he's like, Man, he cursed a tree. We talked about that, right? I mean, what made Jesus so mad about a tree? He wasn't really mad at a tree. He was simply disgusted with his people being unproductive after all the blessings. Any blessed folk in here tonight? Oh, come on. Any blessed folk in here tonight? And and do you ever, blessed folk out there, ever say to yourself, I am, I am, I am not as productive as I am blessed? So so notice what he's saying. He says about this is in relation to the fig tree, very quickly. The warning of him cursing a tree. <laughs> And thank God we got that point. The reason why he cursed the tree is because he was having mercy on us. Come on, say amen. (laughs) He he should have cursed us. Come on, say amen. Uh, The warning is for all time. Christ's act in cursing the tree, which his own power had created, stands as a warning to all churches and to all Christians. No one can live the law of God without ministering to others. But there are many who do not live out Christ's merciful, unselfish life. And this is what I'm saying. I got the Holy Spirit and you're not, listen, okay. Okay, maybe nobody got baptized because of you or became a member. But has anybody's life gotten better because of your existence? And the only way, this is a very deep statement, the only way we justify our existence is by bearing fruit. Do you realize there's some of us right now who have not justified to God why we're alive? There's a, re- uh, there's a reason why we're living, amen? He didn't just, We're not just living just to be saved. We're living for a purpose to do something down here on planet Earth before that happens. Come on, say amen. <laughs> so we must justify why we're here. No one can live the law of God without ministering to others, but there are many who do not live out Christ's merciful, unselfish life. Some who think themselves excellent Christians do not understand what constitutes service for God. So tell us. They plan and study to please themselves. They act only in reference to, only in reference to value to them, only as they can gather for themselves. In all the affairs of life, this is their object. Not for others, but for themselves do they do minister. And the common denominator out of that whole thing is this word right here. Come on, say amen. I don't know about you. I'm honest enough to admit that's what's been getting in the way of my productivity. Self. Next slide. God created them to live in a world where unselfish service must be what? He designed them to help their fellow men in every possible way. But self is so large that they cannot see anything else. They are not in touch with humanity. They are not in touch with humanity. They are not in touch with humanity. Those who thus live for self are like the fig tree which made every pretension but was fruitless. And I told you, the reason why God was so upset at a tree that had leaves and no fruit is because leaves did, leaves was a, was a declaration that there was fruit. If you saw a fig tree and it had leaves, basically, you knew that there was some fruit up in there. And the thing that, oh, come on, oh, the application is so clear, brothers and sisters. God despises fakeness. And if you're a church person long enough, it's a part of culture to, to promise what you can't deliver, to promote what is not there. Come on, talk to me in here. It's a part of a, No, I mean, come on. I remember I told this story before. I was pastoring a church in Shelbyville, Tennessee, a little small town, and uh, this sister, she just gave her heart to the Lord. She stood up. She didn't know nothing about church and the culture. She didn't know the rules. The rules of church is you lie. Tell people it's always all good. You never let off that you're in trouble. Oh, come on in here. Isn't that a church rule? (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Come on, talk to me in here. You, at all costs, send people the message that everything is okay. She didn't know that rule. She's brand new. She stood up in prayer meeting. She says, Y'all pray for me. I mean, she didn't, she didn't, know she did not miss a beat. It was almost like it was normal. Y'all pray for me. I got a sex problem. <laughs> I need y'all's help. I mean, folks was like, you ain't supposed to admit that in church. If you could talk about it in the bar, sometimes bars are better churches than the churches are. At least you can be yourself. Come on and here, somebody. I mean, in church, you have to front in order to be accepted. And this is what Jesus despised of that tree, that it was selling, it was advertising what it did not have in stock. You up here looking, trying to look like, that's why it's better, brothers and sisters, as I told you, not to tell folk that you believe it's that and the other. Just do it. Just believe it. I mean, we get getting arguments and the base of folk about the Sabbath and so forth and this, that, and the other, and this, this belief, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Just live Christ. When you start telling folk what you are, it's like, I remember uh, just, you know, for those who are into sports, man, anytime you talk to somebody, and, they, you know, uh, I'm talking about basketball in particular, say, man, can you play ball? And the dude is like, oh, pff, can I ball? <laughs> what? I'm nice. Oh, can I, can I ask them, can I who? Anytime the dude, anybody knows basketball knows what I'm talking about, watch for the person that's always promoting how good they are. They're generally not good. The guy that comes in the gym and he's got matching shoes, matching socks, matching shorts, you know what I'm saying, and the layup line, you know what I'm saying, he's, you know, I mean, he's 360 in and all this kind. Understand, brothers and sisters, this is not a person that can play. I don't know about you, but almost in everything in life, people that are good at stuff, in any, in any area of life, they always downplay it. The people that are really good at stuff. I mean, if Barack Obama walked in here. he wouldn't be talking about how great of a leader he is, but dude, he got to be a great leader to be president of the United States. For a black man to be president, one of the things about greatness is greatness never promotes their own greatness. People that are great are great because other people promote their greatness and recognize it. You don't have to promote that thing. But the Fig tree was trying to promote what it did not have. I'm holy. No, you're not. You're nasty. I'm spiritual. No, you're not. You're judgmental. I got a lot of faith. No, you do not. You only have a lot of faith when it deals with other people's stuff, but you not. You don't have a lot of faith in your own stuff. So, Pastor, should, any, should we ever testify the goodness of the Lord? Yeah, testify how he, he picked you up, turned you around. <laughs> None of this stuff. I, I keep repeating what Elder Russell said, and, I, and I'm almost done. He said... I, he never wants his life to be mentioned apart from the Holy Spirit. Oh, did y'all hear? Did you hear that? When people talk about you, Melanie, you want them to say, "Yeah, Melanie, but uh, it's something about it's the God in her. It's not her stuff. She, something about this girl. It's got to be God. I'm watching her go through stuff, and it's got to be something supernatural, Akeel, Dwayne, the way she de- handles her business." This can't be... It's got to be God! Uh, those who thus live for self are like the fig tree which made every pretension but was fruitless, huh? They observe the forms of worship but without repentance or faith. In profession, they honor the law of God but obedience is lacking. They say but do not. In the sentence pronounced on the fig tree, Christ demonstrates how hateful in his eyes... Is this vain pretense? I think there's one more, right? He declares, and this is the one I didn't read on Sabbath, that the open sinner, watch this, is less. Watch this. The open sinner is less guilty than is he who professes to serve God but who bears no fruit to His glory. Well, let me show you something. You can you can you can blacken the screen, uh, uh, Marta, because that's that's it. Open center, church person. Okay, what does this center? come on? What is he? Come on, let's name some bad things this guy does. Come on, lay, lay him out there. Oh yeah, sex. You got to put that out there, man. You got to come on, man. You got to put that in there. And all kind, man. I mean, homosexuality, huh? I mean, I mean, et cetera. Oh, it's all there. What else? We talking about the open? Huh? All steals. Oh, yes. Worships the devil. Go ahead. Thank you. Witchcraft. Lies. Hmm. Prideful. Drinks, you know, addiction. I'll put that there. Addiction. Huh? Come on, give me some more. What else? Hmm? Gangster. Come on now. You know he lost, right? Gangster. Huh? Come on, let's fill it in. What else? Murderer. No way Anthony was going to heaven, right? Huh? What else? Et cetera. We get it. All right. Now let's list a typical church person. Goes to church. Come on, let's let's put their badge of honor. Goes to church. Has in ministry. Has ministry. In the ministry. Praise. Oh yes. Tithes. Oh, yes, he does. He ushers and he elders and he deacons. Come on, man. He sings. Oh, you know he gotta sing. He sings, come on, huh? Sends his kids to a Christian school, Christian Ed. Uh, preaches. That's right. Put me on up there now. I ain't scared, huh? Oh, he, he dresses the part. On each right, yeah. huh? Right. But with all this, now he doesn't have any big sins. No big sins. But he does have he does have an ego problem, huh? Yeah. He, la- he lacks self-control. Um, he's not, he's, he's judgmental. Um, he's not gentle. Not kind. Full of un- anger. Un- he has dissension amongst his brothers and sisters. Huh? What else? Come on. Jealousy. Oh. Pride. Et cetera. You get it. You know what God says? He says, I can work with this. This one is, put the statement back up there, Marna. I forgot what the statement said. What did it say? What did it say? He declares that the open sinner is less guilty than he who professes to serve God, but who bears no fruit to his glory. How many of you need Jesus out there? Come on, Sam. <laughs> Last thing I want to say. Because I think, I mean, after I read stuff like this, the only thing I know to do right now, we got to go, we got to pray. <laughs> we got to pray for the outpouring of the Spirit of God in our lives. Um, today's devotional in the 40-day book asked the question: why is prayer necessary? And the sum total of the teaching was. God does not work, and it's funny, I just said this on Sabbath, God does not work independent of his people in the earth. Everybody stay here, we're getting ready to pray. Everything divine that happens in the earth happens through the vehicle of the prayers of the saints. In other words, God is not coming down here And go, say, man, I I ain't worried about them folk anymore. I'm going to do it myself. And take over. The only thing he's taking over is you. And you, and you, and you. He's not going to do it. Stop praying for God to come down here and move. No, he's praying, you're the answer to your prayer. He's going to move through you. And so how do we get to a place where we can actually become trees that bear much fruit i think the first thing we got to do and it's funny because at the end of that text um mark 11 was that not the text go to mark 11 i'm going to read this last passage of scripture and you know it's funny i didn't see the context of this until now i think it was mark 11 go around verse uh 25 Go back a couple verses. One more. Okay, here it is. After the whole thing with Jesus cursing the tree, Peter came to the Lord and was like, yo, man, you (laughs) you just cursed the tree. Man, tell me something. And this is what he said. So I guess we're trying to figure out now, how do we become fruit-bearing Christians? How many want to know that? Watch this. He says, have faith in God. Wow. Then he says, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, and I don't know what your mountain is, but the mountain he's talking about, it's the mountain of being a tree with leaves but bearing no fruit. How, anybody ever thought, how can I move my own mountain called self out of the way and finally become everything God wants me to be? He says, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be what? Okay, all right, we're getting somewhere now. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in what? It's the same, it's it's all in the same story of the fruit bearing tree. It's like he's telling us, how do you bear fruit? Start first by, if any man comes to God, he must believe that he is. So when we come to God, we're believing God. I know you can change me to become everything you want me to be. Does anybody believe that in here tonight? Or is it just lip service? That the word of God, and this is not what Spurgeon said and uh, we, we quoted. He says, man, shall Christ have died and shed his blood and sent his Holy Spirit to produce a weak, fruitless Christian? I mean, come on in here. All that stuff just to produce this? i got to believe that he believes that I can bear much fruit. Come on in somebody, here, somebody. Does anybody believe that tonight? That whatever God said about you in his word, that it can happen by the grace of God. He says, have faith in God. And then he says, he says, when you pray, believe that you receive it to be yours. Two things, real quick, faith and prayer. That's it. A church that actually starts believing the stuff God says, and then they start praying for that. Tonight, we're going to go to a radical season of prayer. We're going to pray. Come here, Michelle, and just play for me. We're going to start praying for fruit. I don't know what your fruit is. Somebody shout it out. What kind of fruit did you want to bear? Somebody shout it out. Long-suffering. Love. Patience. Kindness. Somebody be specific with me here tonight. Talk about you. What do you want God to do in your life that you know has been difficult to get out? Self-control. Bitterness. Forgiveness. Humility. Mercy. Time management. (laughs) Keeping my word. Not breaking commitments every time I make them. Waking up in the morning and not being mean to my wife and kids. (laughs) Anybody else? Talk to me now. What do you want God to do in your life? Faithful. Yeah. Self-control. Patience. Restore. understanding. Oh, can I ask you one question? Can he do it? For real. You really believe he can do it? Listen to what I'm asking you. Do you? The mountain is this. Do you think God could change your life in the next 40 days? Do you, no, do you understand what I'm asking you? Do you feel, do you believe in your heart that in the next what do we got, 29 days left? That there will be a radical shift. Oh, come on in here now. Talk to me, talk to me. That there will be a radical shift and difference in your life because you dare to believe what God said that you can become. Do you believe that tonight? Are you willing to pray for that? Because in in, in a way, we can kind of just assume we're going to go through this and learn more, but not really be that much different. Man, if God can change Saul, in like a day from a murderer (laughs) one who's taking life to an apostle one who's giving life can he do it in our lives I want you at this point right now to find groups of three and four and understand this because we can do season of prayers and pray and yeah I want you to put it out there in your prayer circle. That one thing that you're pursuing God for that seems like an unmovable mountain, it's gonna require some transparency, brothers and sisters. That you want God by faith through prayer to shift and turn around in your life. Did you hear what I said? And then I want neighbors in your circle, I want you to begin to pray into one another's lives. For God to begin to bear much fruit (laughs) by the grace of God. Let's stand right now. Let's yoke up. Let's yoke up with brothers and sisters.